This is the Australian Hunting Podcast, hunting, shooting and fishing radio on the AHP Digital Radio Network. Visit us at australianhuntingpodcast.com.au. Sit back, relax and enjoy. Here's the host of the show, Jason Selms. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. Thanks for joining me. We are here at the iHunt Expo at the Dome in Sydney. Uh, I've got my mate Sean from the Sydney Militias uh, kindly helping me out today. Thanks, mate. Hi, how are you? Not too bad. I probably, my voice, for all you guys probably listening, I, yeah, I do sound a bit croaky. Uh, the last three days I've been <laughs> pretty sick. Um, I'm glad to be out here today with all the guys, with Sean. Uh, we're partnered up next to Firearms Owners United here at the iHunt Expo at Sydney Olympic Park in the Dome, which is awesome. Just looking around, like, what have we got over here, Sean? What have we got? We've got uh, artisan knife making. We've got Australian Outfitters. We've got uh, Raptor Ridge Hunts. Uh, pro shooter behind us. We've got Australian Deer Association near us as well. We've got the uh, the good folks over at uh, Zip Zip Tack. Yeah, what's um, that Zip Tack? Yeah, they they uh, what, what do they do? Um, all sorts of hunting and related stuff. Apparently, they've only been around for about four or five weeks, which is great to see a new business come up. And they were kind enough to send me a um, an LED headlamp for um, for my shooting. Nice, a couple nice. of weeks ago. So I went over and um, spoke to the guys earlier today. They seemed like a good bunch of blokes. Are you going to buy anything today, or what do you think? No, just have look around. Uh, I need I need some knives. Um, and, I mean, I've, I've got a rifle on lay-by with um, Safari, but I don't know if I can pick it up um, today. I'm surprised, actually, how, like, there's a lot of, because we're sitting right next to uh, Artisan Knife Makers. Yeah. I haven't chatted to him this morning, actually. I was yeah. surprised. They've even got a, which I knew anyway, they had a knife expo as well. Knives were actually pretty popular. Yeah, I, I missed out on the last one. I had a friend who actually went to it, um, and I, uh, we, we were shooting a few weeks ago, and we actually needed some good knives, and I've never really been into knives, and it, it's the old adage, you know, you don't, um, you don't appreciate something until you don't have it. So now exactly, I'm on yeah. a mission to get a, a good knife, and um, I think my biggest problem is is keeping the sharp butt. I think uh, it's a bit of a complex for me. <laughs> and I was looking this morning, it came to about 9 o'clock, and I thought it opened at 9, I'm thinking, yeah, yeah. where is everybody? Yeah. And I was like, no one's turned up, but then it didn't open until 9.30, so now the crowds are uh, slowly coming in, it's yeah. picked up, yeah. which is awesome. I wanted to thank Tony, who uh, organised my booth for me and helped me out. Uh, which is totally awesome. Uh, looking over there, we've got Hunter's Element. What else we got, mate? Um, you've been. You've, you've had a I walk went and had around. a look around. I haven't had a yeah. walk around yet. We got Wolf Eyes over here, and we got the uh, the archery place over there, which was um, pretty good. And um, Safari Firearms are down there, and I was actually um, quite happy to see Safari's got a category, a couple of Cat C firearms here, which is really good. What they have? What they got? Um, I took a few photos of it. There was a semi-auto shotgun. Yeah. Um, five shot, yeah, Cat C. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's good to see those type of firearms. We need, I think we need to ha- see more of them firearms, you know? Absolutely. That looks pretty good. Yeah. I haven't been to the Dome quite here in quite a while. It's uh, <laughs> quite, a, quite a big, uh, I guess, venue, isn't it, really? Yeah, I've been to a few, a few parties in, in, in this area, and, and <laughs> it's uh, quite a different uh, atmosphere to, to come into a, a big uh, dance festival. I know, we're probably going to walk around. Probably during this show, guys, you are going to hear from some people that are going to sit down with us, have a bit of a chat, find out what they like about, you know, hunting and shooting, what brought them to the iHunt Expo today, uh, you know, what they're looking at picking up, where they've come from, where they've travelled from. Hopefully we'll catch up with a few husbands and wives maybe or girlfriends Mm. and boyfriends, find out what they like about you know, hunting and shooting, whether they're into the hunting and shooting or it's just their boyfriends or the girlfriends are into it, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. She's a keeper if she's into hunting. Yeah, exactly. What about you? Well, actually, speak of that, what about your yeah. wife? Is she into the 
Does she when, like the gun thing or not really? Well, like I was always brought up with guns and then when I, I moved to Sydney when I was 14. So I, I had like a good 10-year period where I didn't have any guns. And then in that time, I, I met my wife and got married. And she said to me flat out the first day I got my gun license, you will not have a gun in this house. And now I've got really? now I've got multiple guns in the house. My oldest daughter, she shoots. You know, we, we, we got a um, we got a property about twelve months ago that we go down there. The kids love it. You know, the same thing with motorbikes. My wife said to me, "You can't have motorbikes." And now she rides them. You know, oh, so yeah. you I, I can, well, let me get this straight. You I converted could, her. You couldn't have motorbikes. You couldn't have guns. <laughs> Jesus. She was actually against the property as well too when we originally when we first went to, to buy it. And I, I always say to her, "Listen, you got to just if we go along with what you say, we're never going to have any fun." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, it'd be good. We're going to we're looking forward to chatting a few people, um, getting them to sit down with us, maybe do a bit of roving reporting, so to speak. And uh, I want to thank Sean here for helping me out yeah. uh, from Sydney Militia. You know, helping me out in the booth today has been a great help. So that's awesome and. I don't know. I'm excited. I might even have a walk around myself a bit later. Still waiting for one of our other guys to come and help us out as well here at the booth at AHP at the iHunt Expo here in yeah. Sydney. So looking forward to it. Um, I don't know. I might even go through uh, Safari as well, have a chest, see what they've got over there. I know Hunter's Element. I haven't, haven't even had a chance to walk around myself yet. Yeah, yeah. It's probably good to point out that there's um, some really good food here and, and, and coffee, like a, a coffee truck as well too. Yep. So if you're hungry, you know. Yeah, what do they got over there? It looks like they've got Goslemi. Yeah. Uh, I think I saw Express. Yeah, I think I saw somebody walking around with nachos, which are um, sort of one of my favourite foods, which yeah. is good. So, yeah. What, you, you like Mexican like me? Um, I like or any food. Nachos. You put anything in front of me, I'll eat it. Just as long as I don't have to cook it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, do you not do most of the cooking in your house? That, or? That's a woman's work. <laughs> oh, dear. All right, that's it. Uh, Get ready for the hate. Yeah, so all we're going to do, we're just going to we're gonna stop a few people in a minute, just have a chat with them. Me and yeah. Sean, we're just going to sit down and um, just have a bit of a geezer and have, uh, have a chat with people about what they love about hunting, what yeah. they love about shooting, and, um, yeah. and we'll go from there. How would you like to win an all-expense-paid trip to the US to hunt the elusive Ordad sheep of the wild southwest? Burris Optics and Beretta Australia are giving away one fully guided Ordad hunting trip to the lucky owner of any recently purchased Burris Optic. For your chance to win, purchase any Burris scope, sight or binos from your favourite firearms dealer and enter the competition. But hurry, offer ends December 15, 2017. For more info, visit the Burris Australia Facebook page or Google Bag Yourself a Burris. Good luck and happy hunting from Burris Optics and Beretta Australia. All right, Christy Prasani, welcome to the Australian Hunting Podcast here at the iHunt Expo. You've been working at the Australian Outfitters booth. Yes, that's correct. How's it going over there? Pretty good? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, it's been pretty consistent. We have, have had a lot of interest, yep. um, particularly for the, the ladies' hunt, yep. which has been our, our new little project over yep. the past year or two. If I came and wanted to partake in a hunt, what could I hunt in Australian Outfitters, or with Australian Outfitters, I should say? Uh, pretty much most species. So we have um, many species of deer. Um, and the big seller for us at the moment is actually the buffalo hunt. So we run our buffalo hunts in the Northern Territory, and then we have a Western Queensland uh, site as well, which has is host to most of the deer species. So particularly strong is our fallow herd, yep. uh, chittle deer. Uh, we have red deer as well, um, and and also sambar as well. Um, yep. And we also have scrub bull. Which one's the most popular? Probably the fallow because the herd is so strong. Um, but, yeah, it just depends to, to what your taste is. Yeah. yeah. I can even see there's camels over there too. Do they 
you take people out for camels as well, or is that just part of the photo over there? No, no, we do have camel hunts, <laughs> yep. It's a um, bit of a, a curveball there for some people. They think, oh, wow, camels. Why would you want to hunt, hunt a camel? But um, I've actually hunted camel before uh, with a bow, and it was one of the most challenging hunts I've yeah. ever been on. Very, very physical in the heat, and, yeah, they're actually a lot smarter than they look. What's the um, accommodation like on the, uh, on the hunts? Does it vary on to the different sites that you go to? or? Yep. Uh, in, our, in the Northern Territory, uh, where we hunt buffalo, uh, we have, it's, I would call it glamping, I suppose. Great. So we have tents, uh, really good quality tents, uh, great kitchen facilities. So it's a true taste of the Aussie outdoors, so as you'd expect. You know, you want to be camping, you want to be close, you know, in, in that outdoors environment but still be able to have, have the comfort. So, you know, if the, if the ladies wanted to, they could bring their hair straightener and plug that yeah. in to the power boards. Um, yeah, so it's really, really good. How often does someone have to book in advance if they want to book a hunt? Um, it's quite flexible. Uh, obviously, the more uh, notice we have, the better, particularly for the buffalo hunts as it is quite seasonal. And what we like to do is due to the vast distances you have to travel, we like to try and book a group in, in blocks, so if we have a couple of groups, we book them one after another. Yeah. yeah. With with buffalo, is that is there a limit on that? Is there a tagging system or what? No, it's just, or in the, in the top end, is just finding them, or, or is there a limit on how many you can hunt of the buffalo? Uh, it does depend who you, you go through. Um, with Australian Outfitters, we have a, a system with the uh, traditional owners up there uh, because oh, yeah, it's, it's become... You know, buffalo hunting—they're not—they're not just feral animals anymore. They've actually become quite an important resource for the traditional owners, and so most reputable outfitters will actually have a bit of a system where the traditional owners um, will get reimbursed um, for the use of their land uh, and for the species that we take. That's so good for the local economy, isn't it? Absolutely, is ab- yeah. absolutely great, and um, and we have a really good relationship with the traditional owners, and and part of that is that we. You know, in return, they they can take us on a cultural experience. You know, yeah. we get to go and see rock carvings and paintings and that sort of thing. And it's a, I think it's really good to, to keep that relationship yeah. with them. What about um, when you take like a, a trophy animal? Do you guys help with the uh, I guess the catering and the taxiderming and transporting back, say, to New South Wales if you've travelled to there? Or yeah, yep, certainly. So um, as with with most outfitters, the taxidermy isn't included in the price because yeah. uh, that's a whole different yeah. art yeah. Yeah. In, in itself. Um, but any good outfitter will prepare the the trophy, so clean the skull and have have it caped and the skin salted and prepared. So basically it's just packaged up and either sent with the hunter back to their own term, taxidermist or the outfitter. So we will have our, our own taxidermist that we recommend um, and we can get it shipped down. Uh, to to markets at, at down under taxidermy. Right. Can you eat buffalo? Is that tasty? Yeah. Yeah, I've never had that. I've yeah. never eaten buffalo. I I've never eaten it, but I'm, you can definitely eat it. You reckon? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah, definitely. So they can be quite tough. Can um, they? So, yeah. low, and slow, low, low and slow cooking? <laughs> yeah, but if prepared in the right way, really, really yeah. tasty. So yeah. uh, quite often we'll take particularly the back straps of the animal, um, which is a, sort of the most tender 
uh, Imagine part the back straps of that big buffalo. That'd be, That'd be amazing. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty big. Oh, yeah. I wonder how many, ki- how, many, how many kilos would they be for a back strap, do you think, for a buffalo? Two over the shoulders and yeah. off we go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're, they're a meal in itself. Self, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Imagine just carrying one of those legs out. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah, just looking at sure. your photo. I'm not, not ignoring you. I'm just looking at yeah. your photos across there on the. Uh, I, I just wanted to ask you um, what's the, the stand here you've got here where it says um, book one, um, hunt, a one on one hunt, and the second hunter comes free? Is that like I a, think it's uh, behind us, yeah. Book yeah, one. Is that a promo that's not going on at the moment? That's, um, that one there is with Vicuja Hunting Safari. So they're sort of our partner in Namibia. So ah, if anyone wants to hunt right. in, in on the African continent, yeah. uh, we have a really good relationship with them. I've actually hunted there before. Great. Um, and, um, yeah, so we have a bit of a partnership uh, with Vicuja. Yeah. Yeah. Do they send people here from over there? Yeah, yeah. Do they? Yeah, yeah great, awesome. Really? Yeah. So you, you, I don't know, I guess it was a couple of years ago, I guess you burst onto the scene and you were in the magazines, I guess you were in the news articles as well, and um, I guess there was a lot of, you got a lot of attacks too, didn't you, from online, a lot of stuff like that, didn't you? I guess that wasn't a good thing for these bloody anti-hunters. Yeah. Look, it does happen. Anytime... Um, you know, someone makes a big impact um, and a, they're a hunter and, and get noticed. Um, it, it does happen. Um, and I, yeah. I knew about that sort of going into it. We've um, become part of the Extreme Huntress competition. and then, That's what it was, yes. Yeah, and then, uh, you know, we've, we've started our – I've started my own project, Heart of the Huntress. Um, and I think uh, women do get noticed a little bit more and probably a bit more personally attacked. I just – I guess because of – you know, this um, idea that women should be, you know, the nurturers. And it is a little bit of a strange mm. concept for people under- to understand that, you know, some women do want to be the hunters and gatherers. Yeah. Um, and look, at, at you just have to grow a thick skin. You know, I think that there's a lot of people who sit on the fence about hunting and they're the ones we should probably be targeting to yeah. to say, well, hey, guys, here's, you know, it's, it's, it's not all bad. It, it's great for our agricultural and yeah. uh, environment. Uh, but the true, true anti-hunters, I tend not to waste my time with because right. they're one, as fixed on their views our, as we um, are on our, with ours. Yeah, yeah, one of our previous guests was um, bringing meat home and then giving it out to his neighbours to, to win them over. And he said he started winning. Even <laughs> yeah. his work, his colleagues, he started winning over and they yeah. were looking forward to him going hunting yeah, at one point. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah. and and any... Um, ethical hunter will try and use yeah. as much meat as they can. Yeah. You know, yeah. so it's Does not that waste. sort of stuff bother you? Because we, I know me and Sean did a, a show what, about a couple of weeks ago. There yeah. was about four people on there. We were talking about the effects of social media and whether we should you know, post our things online and whether we should. Where's there a boundary? Is there a fine line? And I watched on that Netflix, I think it was only a couple of weeks ago, Women Who Kill Lions, and I thought that was very interesting. And one of the, one of the ladies sort of towards the end, didn't she, Sean? She was like, she didn't really care about it. She goes, I'm going to keep hunting and I don't really mm. care. Whereas I felt sorry for the other lady because towards the end of the show, I'm not sure if you've seen it, but she just basically didn't want to be part of the movie anymore and did and stopped posting on social media. I'm just surprised how, because, you know, Ricky Gervais or Gervais, whatever his name is, he was one putting, you know, sicking some of these anti-hunters onto these people. Does it, does it affect you? Because I find it... I didn't realise, we're getting people, as you know, and I know it's a touchy subject, and I guess it's to you because you copped a lot of abuse as well. So have I over the time, so has Sean as well. People are committing suicide over this sort of stuff, and it just does it affect you at all, not really? No? Um, it used to upset me a little bit, and yeah. what's more upsetting is when I had personal attacks towards yeah. my family. You yeah. know, people saying things like, oh, I'll come and stick an arrow through your you know, firstborn yeah. child. That's that, for people who are, people. Yeah. It's criminal too. It's criminal That's to right. say that sort of stuff. Yeah, online. so yeah. for people who are promoting this idea of, 
being nurturing and caring to all living creatures. They're actually they're completely the contradic- yeah, yeah. contradicting themselves. Yeah, but look, I um, I just learn to just ignore it. I don't get into debates with extreme anti-hunters. Um, if it, it's a Facebook attack, I just block them immediately. That's the best. You know, yeah. yeah. I know some of the stuff. I don't, when I know they're getting crazy, I just I block. I don't even read it. Yeah, like, that's I, right. I don't even want to read. I'm like, it's, I, I yeah. like to send them pictures of deer that I've shot. That makes me happy. <laughs> yeah. Does that does that not piss them off even more? Uh, I though? think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like, yeah I like it. I like it when they stew. Yeah, but you, you can't know. engage with them if you give. You, well, well, that's you why can, I send I them. You know, pictures worth a thousand words. You know. Oh my yeah. god. And look, like they're they're as fixed on their views as we are on ours, yeah. and so I think it's only fair that you know we don't push our, you know, um, our ideas on them in a violent way, yeah. and then they shouldn't to us. But you know, yeah, it does happen. So. Where do you, how did you get into hunting? Uh, my, so my father, Lino, uh, he he brought myself and my brothers up hunting, you know, from a very young age. So, um, yeah, we were always out on weekends, um, pretty much every weekend. It's a good way to bring out your kid hunting, up. yeah. And mm. we just loved it, not even for the hunting side of things, but just being in the outdoors. And we've all grown yeah. up as um, outdoors lovers, so you know, fishermen, hunters. Um, any sort of outdoor sports. Yeah. Yeah. Are you from New South Wales? No, you're from Victoria, Queensland? No, so I live in Queensland, um, but I'm an import. Uh, oh, yeah. So, yeah, grew up in, in New South Wales, so I still go for the blues at origin time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, my parents, my parents <laughs> live in Queensland, yeah. When they... what's, um, what's your favourite bow and like, what, what's your favourite gun to hunt with? Um, so I don't do a lot of, of rifle hunting, more okay. so if I'm just purely going out for... You know, to get a, a meat deer, so I shoot a, a Mossberg 308. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, my weapon of choice is certainly a compound bow. So I shoot a Matthews Monster Chill, um, and I also have a, another bow which is a I use primarily for just target shooting or, or practice. Yeah. Are you yeah. pretty good at getting in close? We we're talking. Was it Nick from the Oz Cut there next door to you? And I'm thinking, I can't even shoot him with a rifle sometimes, get that close. How do you guys get so close? I know stalking is quite a skill in itself. I don't know how you guys get so good at that. Yeah, that's, I I guess for most bow hunters, that's the thrill of it. You know, that's why we prefer uh, a bow over a rifle is just we love that that feeling of, of getting in close. And, you know, it's not even about shooting the animal but just sitting there and watching it so close you know obviously with a bow we have to see the animal before it sees us in order to get in to get a good shot in so sometimes you might just um be sitting there not intending to shoot an animal at all but just enjoying it walking around without it realizing that that you're in its presence i got a um a mate from raptor ridge over there he was telling me he likes to actually shoot with a bow on a dam so like pigs and that and he'll drag them behind his blind and you'll sit there because there's no hasn't been a gunshot he'll get another two or three that might come in that afternoon and you can get a couple more as well too yeah Yeah. Yeah. very interesting um i was gonna ask you what's your favorite species don't what do you like to hunt that is Really What's your number one? Question. There can right. only be one. Number one. <laughs> All right, number one, buffalo. Really? Yeah. I've got to get up and do that. Although my body's not built for the top end, very humid up there. You know, I, can't, <laughs> yeah. I can't handle the humidity. That's why I'm thinking I live in Sydney here, but I'd rather, I'm thinking about moving to Victoria, you know, because <laughs> it's a lot cooler down there. Yeah. There's not as much humidity. Okay, what about overseas? If you're hunting overseas, anywhere, favourite species to hunt overseas? So overseas, um, I've hunted in in the US uh, and New Zealand, and also in uh, South Africa and Namibia. Um, I actually, to be honest with you, my favourite hunt uh, was actually in South Africa, 
and it was actually with a rifle. So as much as I, I love yeah. my bow, but I had a really enjoyable um, hunt on both a, a Gemsbok and also a Mountain Redbuck. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they were both both rifle shot, and that was actually filming for the Heart of the Huntress DVD. So it was really, it was so enjoyable because yeah. it was a challenge. Not only did we have to locate the animal, uh, harvest the animal, but also we had to get it all on film. Yeah, you got uh, pictures so you can prove it happened. You know, like yeah. how people say, you know, pictures or it didn't happen type thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's always. What, what about um, significant others? You get ma- married, no? Does your husband hunt or anything like that? Yeah, Boyfriend, so. does he hunt? Sorry, I know we're getting personal. It's one of my yeah. questions here. I like <laughs> to ask people if you, you know, if that's part of you know being in a relationship. Because we did chat that for, didn't we, about um, people hunting and you know people getting into relationships with new people that may not hunt and it's, sometimes it can be difficult. Some I've had it happen to me saying I'm a hunter. Well, good. That, that was the end of that. You know yeah. what I mean? It ended. <laughs> it ended before it before it started. So. Is your partner into... Yeah, so my partner hunts. Uh, he initially was a rifle hunter. He didn't have anything to do with um, with bows, but he actually used to have a joke and call us stick flickers. Uh, <laughs> but no, uh, he's actually just recently got in, into bow hunting, so yeah. he's really, really super keen. Yeah. Um, he's yet to, to take his first um, kill with the bow, but um, hopefully that will come in the next few months. What do you what do you want to hunt that you haven't hunted or where would you like to go overseas, I guess, for in the future sometime? And, um, what's, and what species? I actually am really quite interested in going back to the States. Um what did and you I'd hunt like in the States, to try Moose? No, no. I actually hunted on an exotic ranch and that was for the extreme huntress competition yep, that's back, right, remember that, back yep. in the day. Yeah. Yep. So um, I actually ended up with a, a black buck over there so so it wasn't actually native uh, American species so I'd like to go back over there and hunt um, hunt an American uh, species so but yeah I'm particularly interested in trying um, hunting on horseback really yeah that'd be cool would you use a uh, recurve bow for that or would you use a uh, compound or is it rifle or yeah. Probably, even, yeah. No, well, see, I think the the idea of hunting on horseback for me is just that stealth, you know, okay, and, yeah. and animals won't be as spooked by the sound of a, a horse, you know, they can't can't see see it, and it's a more natural sort of movement for mm. them. So there is that ability to get close, and yeah, right. I don't know, maybe it's some romantic idea of you know, <laughs> cowboys in Indian days or yeah, something, yeah. but. <laughs> Yeah, I'd love to try it with a bow. We used to hunt in the state forest, and people probably know what I'm talking about when I say this, but there's obviously a lot of brumbies in, that come through the national park and into the state forest and that. And I'm like, I used to hear something, go, oh, this has got to be a deer. And I turn around, and it's just a freaking brumby. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, oh, my God, these stupid brumbies. You know, but everyone gets up uppity, don't they, when they talk about issuing a coal for the yeah. brumbies in the snowy yeah. mountains, Yeah, don't a they? bit but of a touchy subject, that one, yeah. yeah. But, um, all right, just finishing off, just tell us about Australian Outfitters, Christy. So where can they go? If they want to book a hunt, they want to get in, you know, they want to chat to someone, find out what their options are. How do they go about that? Yeah, for sure. So we have uh, we have two uh, areas for hunting. So for buffalo hunts um, in the Northern Territory, and then we have our, like I mentioned earlier, our deer species in our Western Queensland ranch, which is uh, just uh, west of Emerald. Um, so in order to get in contact, uh, email is probably the best bet. So it's craig at australianoutfitters.com.au or you can in- get in contact with him on the phone and that's 0429 141 444. 
or otherwise head to our website, which is australianoutfitters.com.au. And obviously, depends on what package they take, depending on obviously what cost, and that can be discussed, cousin, privately yeah. in, in over email, what the costs are, and what what's involved with those costs, etc. Yeah, for sure, because each um, species uh, is a different cost. Uh, probably best to yep. get in contact yep. with Craig, yeah. and he can give you. Um, a, a, a good quote, and um, yeah, and if there's any lady hunters out there, uh, we run an annual ladies only hunt, so mm-hmm. the women can come along, leave their boyfriends and husbands behind, um, yep. have a great time, and just hunt you know, no pressure in a really supportive environment. So, we run that one um, usually April each year, so another great one to, to get on board yep. with and get uh, you know, keep that hunting heritage alive, I suppose. How is it getting the ladies? Are you finding a lot more ladies have gotten into hunting? I've definitely seen an increase in it uh, over the last few years. And, um, yeah, I think it's really good because obviously, you know, women who hunt are going to support their children in hunting and encourage, you know, family hunting trips and, and it's yeah. just going to keep the, our, you know, our hunting culture alive through yeah. the generations. And so. with, the, with the deer hunts, for an example, are they uh, uh, any specific type? Are they small does? they trophy animals? What are, what, are, what are we looking at? Yeah, always trophy animals. Yeah. So we like to um, keep our, our does and our hinds for breeding. Yeah. Um, and so any animals we shoot, all the meat gets used. Uh, nothing's wasted, but the hunter will also get the addition of a really beautiful trophy. So there's some really great quality deer um, out at at Australian Outfitters. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that you'll definitely get a genuine opportunity at a really fantastic I'm trophy. just looking at that top one there. That If you have a look in the top left there, is that a red? The roaring red yeah. certainly is, nice yeah. Nice-looking animal, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I always nice. thought, you'd be surprised. I thought Samba was the biggest deer, but you'd be surprised. Well, I don't know, this was, uh, what's, a, what's the... Um, oh. Encyclopedia. What's on Google to find out more detail? What do they call it? Um, Wikipedia. Wikipedia. Yeah. Probably not telling me the truth, but <laughs> they say uh, the red is the biggest deer in Australia. Yeah, uh, Samba, over Samba. Uh, so, or, what has been the biggest they've found? Actually, I think it was about forty to fifty kilos heavier. I think than the Samba. Yeah, right. so I don't know if that's true, but that's what I was reading so on the internet. Are they are they heavier at the, uh, like higher at the shoulder or just heavier as in, in a weight? No, just heavier yeah. in weight, total weight. Oh, yeah, okay, total yeah, weight than yeah. Samba. Yeah. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's apparently what. Yeah, well, historically, the Samba are renowned to be bigger? the the biggest species, Ooh. but there are definitely some massive. Bodied uh, red stags around yeah. too, depending where you go, and it's all in you know the genes within certain areas, but also yep. the the feeding conditions. But yeah, there's you can find some really great bodied stags. Yeah. With stags. with your, the the deer that you guys have got, um, what would be like a minimum caliber that someone would need to to um, take one of those deer humanely? Um, oh look, that's all personal choice, and yeah. it comes down to yeah. shot placement. You know, we'd rather have someone shooting uh, with a rifle or a calibre that they're comfortable with in order yeah. to get a good shot placement, rather than using something that's too heavy and they're just not comfortable yeah, yeah, yeah. with using and then stuffing up the shot. But we we do a lot of bow hunting uh, as long as well as rifle hunting, and which goes to show, you know, if you get into a condition that you're uh, situation that you're comfortable with, getting nice and close, get a good lean, be and just be steady with your shot and confident with your shooting. You know, you, it, it's it's quite okay to yeah, definitely take down a a um, full bodied animal with something like a two four three. Yeah, yeah, right. I know a lot of people use different calibers depending. I guess some areas have limits, like Victoria. I think it's minimum two seventy in Victoria. But other parts of Australia don't have a set minimum. So, yeah, I guess whoever feels comfortable bringing the animals down, isn't it, really? It's yeah, yeah, mm. that's correct. And having right. some fun while you're doing it. 
Exactly. That's yeah. the idea, isn't it? Spend yeah. money and have fun, I guess. But this is also a good thing. There's a lot of people out there, too, just before last question, before we finish off, the importance, I guess, of outfitters. Because a lot of people don't want to spend the time, isn't there? They want to, maybe they only get two weeks a leave a year or four weeks or they want to come over from overseas. And, you know, they don't want to, they want to be put in the areas, I guess, where the animals are, have that once a year hunt, and maybe that's it. Yeah, and that's, that's that's fine. You know, that's that, fine. That's exactly. It. I sort of yeah. see it as you know, and and pa- some people are a little bit balky about going with an outfitter, and some people have that attitude. Oh, we're in Australia. We're just shooting feral animals. We shouldn't, you know. I, I don't want to have to pay for that privilege. Yeah. But yeah. when you think about it, you know, it's getting so much harder to get access to private property, and. Mm. You know, even when you do, you can't be assured that there's good quality heads. You might, especially if you don't know the area, you might spend two weeks just trying to find an animal, let alone a really good trophy. So it's becoming um, increasingly popular to actually go on what we could say is a hunting holiday. So, you know, make it your annual holiday, go to an outfitter, pay the money and know that you've got a professional guide who's going to take you to the area where, you know, where the animals are and get that really good quality What about head. success rates? There always a fairly good success rate? Very, very, yeah. yeah. So we, of course, we can never guarantee um, uh, an animal, but we can guarantee that you'll get a genuine opportunity yeah. at <laughs> a decent animal. Yep. That's good. All right, Christy, thanks for representing Australian Outfitters. No worries, it's my HP. pleasure. It's great chatting with you. Thank you very much. Would you like to advertise on one of the most tech-savvy mediums on the internet? Then why don't you advertise with us on the Australian Hunting Podcast? If you have a product or business that you would like to promote, then we would love to hear from you. Become one of our partner advertisers by calling Jason on 0425 881 967 or email australianhuntingpodcast at gmail.com. All right, Nick from Ozcut Broadheads. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me, Jase. Appreciate it, mate. Tell us about the products. Mate, uh, basically we're an Australian uh, company that manufactured broadheads. Uh, started out as a bit of a hobby probably three and a half, four years ago. Started making a few broadheads for myself and it's snow- snowballed into 12 different designs now and really spread out across Australian bow hunting and got a good following behind the brand. Yep. What's... Um I'm, I'm obviously not that experienced in bow hunting, so I guess obviously when we go bow hunting, it's obviously a lot different than the broadhead that would go for a target. Yep, 100%. Yeah. Yep. What's the difference? So basically, uh, your broadhead is the thing on the end of the arrow that's designed to do the killing, I guess. Um, super critical um, component in your hunting setup, so mm. it's we, we've put a lot of emphasis into our products and designs, and we've tried to bring out a product that's... Our motto, I guess, is failure is not an option, and that's what we've tried to put into our broadheads, you know what I mean? Giving the, the guys out there in the field a product that's going to work for them successfully every single time, and they're not going to fail on it, I guess. So, Yep. What, 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 what's the difference in the designs, and how does design, I guess, affect the kill? Is there any different? Is there a difference? Is it bigger? or what? what uh, yes, uh, essentially the, the cutting surface area. So your cutting diameter or surface area of the wound channel that you're going to put through. So... Typically, a two-blade broadhead is around an inch and an eighth to an inch and a quarter in diameter. So you're putting an inch and an eighth hole or wound through an animal. Uh, Three blades are around an inch and an eighth to an inch and a quarter as well. So your target tips are only a couple of millimetres across, just round. It's not actually designed to cut or lacerate anything, whereas a broadhead's designed to cut the arteries and actually um, make an animal expire through blood loss. 
Is there any difference in uh, weight of broadheads? Yeah, there is. Um, broadheads generally start about 100 grains at the lightest and move up all the way to you can get a 300-grain broadhead. Um, typically in Australia, the run-of-the-mill bread-and-butter broadhead is 125 grain and generally a two-blade broadhead. That's what 60 70% of guys would run in Australia, I'd say. So what, uh, what's more effective, two blades or three blades? So that's, that's, a, that's a very good question a lot of people have asked it this weekend. And yeah. what I started try and say to people it's a trade-off a two-blade broadhead is probably the safest design of broadhead you can use it's the simplest um, back to an old school style of broadhead that the indians use out of a flintstone things like that um, basically a two-blade broadhead will go further into an animal it's got the least amount of resistance so it's got less to go wrong um, it's got more less blades on it sorry so it's going to go in further it's going to go straighter it's not going to track off whereas a three-blade it's going to cut a bigger hole it's going to um, create more blood trail and things like that but it's going to go in less and it's more prone to, if it hits a bone, it's more likely to stop or deflect off in a different direction. So it's that trade-off, penetration versus cutting diameter. Um, a lot of personal preference in it. Is there a lot of competition in broadheads in Australia or overseas? Or? Uh, overseas, there's a lot of competition in broadheads. Um, people are very brand loyal as well. They'll, they'll stick with one broadhead and they'll use that for... 10 or 15 years, you know what I mean, one brand. And in, in Australia, it's starting to happen again. In the Back in the day, say 10, 15 years ago, it was Black Stump and Tusker and things like that were very very prevalent brands. Um, and nowadays, we've got a few few different brands starting to come up, which is good to see. We're getting products that are suited to our hunting environments um, by Aussie companies. So it, it, it's starting to grow, but it's not what it should be yet. Is it better to have like a serrated um, edge on the blade or just like a razor-sharp edge? De- definitely not. Um, a clean, razor-sharp edge. It's like cutting yourself with a razor or, or yeah. a steak knife, you know what I mean? You cut yourself with a razor, the blood it just keeps bleeding and bleeding. It's a lot harder to clot and seal that wound up, whereas a serrated edge, it's, it's a messy wound. It'll seal up a lot easier. So we, we try and say to people, hunting with a razor-sharp broadhead is always better and it's more ethical, you know what I mean? So you're bringing things down a lot quicker and cleaner. So what, what happens when you, say, you miss a shot with that broadhead? Do you actually have to go and sharpen it again? Does it get damaged easily? Yeah, the cutting edge will get damaged um, and we always recommend guys before they hunt with their broadheads that they're, 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 sh- they're razor sharp or shaving sharp as we call it in the game. So yeah, yeah. definitely. What someone's going to say, obviously if I'm out hunting deer for an example, what sort of um, broadhead would I be looking at depending on the size of the animal? What's the general for deer? For your general, say your fallow and red deer, I always recommend the guys a three blade broadhead. Deer are a softer skinned, sort of lighter game animal compared to our pigs and buffalo. So you can get away with that three blade broadhead which is going to give you a bigger wound channel and bring them down a bit quicker because they're a lighter structure compared to those big game animals. Mm, what about pigs? What do they? What do you generally do for pigs? Pigs generally with guys who are shooting lighter poundage and like a bit less inexperience, um, I'd always recommend a two blade broadhead. Like a pig's built like a tank, as you know. Um, two blade broadhead's going to go through that inch or two inch of fighting pad that they got, can hit a rib, continue going through and get the job done. Whereas I've seen a lot of horror story guys where. Um, They've shot big boars and they've got five inches of penetration with a three blade or it's hit a rib and stopped and things like that. So if you don't have the poundage and the power, definitely a two-blade broadhead is suited for a pig. With, because they're so sharp, generally, especially pigs obviously being a bit tougher skinned, do you still get a full straight-through exit or no? Uh, that's the goal. That's that the goal. Right? Um, but that all comes obviously, if it doesn't hit, I mean, if it doesn't hit anything hard, should you get a, a pasture on a on a pig again? I'm not that experienced, obviously, in bow hunting. Uh, so. like, look, it, it all depends on the size of the animal and horses, for courses, you know. But like, I, I shoot an 80 pound bow myself with a three blade broadhead. I've got a lot of power, a lot of en- kinetic energy behind that. Generally, 90 percent of the time, I'll get a pasture on up to 100 kilo boars. I'd say if you're shooting 50 and 60 pound and things like that, you're probably not going to be getting pastures every time on pigs, a, a decent sized pigs anyway. Like they they are a solid 
wild animal. How close do you normally have to get to uh, get a decent shot on them? Like, obviously, with rifles, you can go a couple hundred metres, but I have a hard time getting close to game with even that, with that. <laughs> Me <you> too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, uh, that, that's another per- personal preference. Again, some guys will, will take shots at 40 and 50 metres bow hunting on the regular, good shots and things like that. Yeah. Myself, personally, I'm, I'm a 20-yard warrior. 20 yards and under, you know. Uh, I, I get uh, in nice and close. It's, a, it's 100% every time, you know. You're going to release that arrow and it's going to hit exactly where it should. No room for error. Are you a generally like walk and stalk kind of guy? Or do you generally wait in an area and then if something comes out, then try and do a stalk? Or do you like cover a lot of ground? So, yeah, I'd say 99% of my hunting is covering a lot of ground, glassing. But, again, on sometimes I've got a bit of a hot spot where I know an animal's going to come out. I will sit and wait on, on late afternoon or first light. But a lot of the time I'm, I'm covering the ground, glassing the hills and... And just putting in the miles, I guess, to find the animals out and about, especially in winter. They're covering a lot more ground throughout the day, so I do the same as well. How do you get so close to them? How do you like? Is, is, it, is that a skill in itself? Oh, it definitely is. Like reading an animal's body language, reading the wind, which is extremely important. Like the wind doesn't lie. If an animal smells you once, they're gone. Yeah, exactly. They might see you. They you might get a couple of chances, but if that wind's wrong and you don't have it right, they get a whiff of you. They're gone. So. So just, just to uh, change it up a little bit, um, what made you decide to get into making broadheads? Was there something lacking in the market? That, that's a good question. It came at a time where the main brand in Australia was Black Stump Broadheads. That's what everyone had used for a lot of years. It's yeah. what I used. They become very hard to get. And I got a few American brand broadheads and I tried them. I had a lot of failures and things like that. And I sort of had the thought, I was like, I can do this better, you know, like... There's no broadheads at the market that cater for the hunting I like doing. I liked hunting pigs. I wanted a strong, sturdy broadhead that I could reuse and sparked the idea in my head and it got a few designs together and it, it, it snowballed from there. So it started out of necessity, yeah. I guess. Did you have a background in design? Like, like no, I don't. Your previous, it's just out no. of necessity you've decided. Yeah, I had friends year. with engineering backgrounds that oh, I consulted great. with and things like that and had a few designs that we went through and slowly perfected the initial pr- prototypes and things yeah. like that and put them to test in the field, but... I guess a lot of uh, practical bow hunting knowledge, I guess, I applied to the designs I had at hand. Yeah, yeah. Are they able to obviously sharpen them up, make sure they resharp? Like once they, uh, are they a one-shot th- kind of deal? No, or depends if there's any damage. There's no damage they can resharpen and reuse? A lot of that comes down to the uh, material choice you use. So the type of steel we use, was, that was a very hard thing for me. Um, not having that background, it was a lot of trial and error mm. seeing what hardness to have them and what actual type of construction and material to use. So what we've got now, I've got the... I've tried and got a trade-off between strength and reusability, you know what I mean? So not too hard to resharpen, but hard enough that they can withstand a big impact as well. So it's a very fine line that we're walking, but what we've got now, I've essentially have perfected, I guess. So what does it come in? They come in packs, or what do they come in? Yeah, so we've got two series in the range. We've got the Elite Series, which is our flagship broadhead, which is what I initially started with. They're a one-piece CNC head. They're, they're a three-pack. Um, obviously, they're for the more serious hardcore-type guys, Um they're a broadhead that you can reuse over and over again, you know what I mean? We've had guys shooting 10, 15 animals with the one head before they lose it, you know what I mean? Um, and we've got a cheaper series which I've brought out for the budget conscious bow hunter. They're a six-pack for the same price. So not as tough a broadhead, but what, yeah, I, like to say, what I like to say to people is they're half the price but not half the broadhead. So, mate, talking about the uh, target tips and everything, obviously there's different weights in the broadheads now. Obviously, there's going to be different flight lines for different weights, etc. So would people normally, say, train with a target tip of the same weight they're going to use in the broadhead to make sure they know the flight line of that particular arrow? That's an interesting concept. Yeah, 100%. So that, that, that's one reason why, as I said before, 125 grain is a very common weight that people use in broadheads. Uh, the target tips they buy that come with arrows are generally 125 grain. So 
if you're going to shoot at your block or whatever at home, a lot of people use a 125 grain field tip um, okay, to sight yeah. in with their broadheads. But I also like to tell people to practice with your broadheads because that's what you're using in the field. And sometimes if your bow's out of tune and things like that, they will have different flight characteristics. So it's important to use both. I, can can I you still practice with the same broadhead just like on a piece of hay or something like that? Or yeah, def- definitely in the broadhead blocks. I, I yeah. only practice with broadheads because that's what I use exclusively. Yeah, yeah. Um, if I've got anything wrong with my bow, I'm going to find that out because that's how them broadheads are going to fly out of my bow, which is what I'm going to hunt with. So okay. I, I don't have the time to send hundreds of arrows down range each week like, like I'd like to, yeah. but um, I try and get out a little bit, but I, I solely practice with broadheads. But it does chew your targets up a lot, so it can be a costly exercise. Really? What's the reaction been like from hunters? Are they, are they picking your products to, to use? Yeah, we've definitely got a strong brand presence in Australia. We've got a, a good following of guys. Got a got a lot of big name guys and hunters that are out there regularly putting big stuff on the deck with Oz cuts, and it's it's a name that people look to for a bit of confidence in their gear. So it's really good. Uh, a bit of a random question: What are the rules about actually shooting a bow in your own backyard? Uh, it's definitely something that's not encouraged in a residential area. You know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? Right. Um, <laughs> so a, lo- a lot of guys will go down to their local range and things like that and practice. But yeah. rurally, um, set a block up in the bush or something with a solid backstop and things like that. There's not too much governance with that. What area are you from? I'm from Newcastle, Hunter Valley. Yeah, Newcastle, yeah. Hunter Valley. Mm. Nice, nice area. So, okay, what's up? let's give me some uh, websites people can go to. Where can they buy these products? Who can they call? Emails, Facebook, etc. Uh, yeah, with Ozcut Broadheads on Facebook and Instagram, got a very strong presence on there, obviously. So check us out. But a lot of our sales are through our website, which is ozcutbroadheads.com. Yeah, and what what are the people looking at? Let's say for. I don't know, a pack of, obviously this is September 2017, so what would we be looking at for? Uh, our Elite Series, they retail for forty nine ninety per three, and the takedowns are forty seven fifty per six, so okay. that, that's the run-of-the-mill price, which you'll find them anywhere through retailers and on the website. And you only sell the broadheads, you don't sell the... Just broadheads at the moment, yep. just broadheads, so we're pretty specialised in that, that field. All right, Nick from Ozcut Broadheads, mate, thanks for telling us about the product's been awesome, thanks, I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, guys. Looking for outdoor equipment for your next adventure? At Aussie Outdoor Gear, you can find cooking equipment, camo clothing for kids, backpacks, camo accessories and much more. We cater for your hunting, fishing, camping, hiking and other outdoor pursuits with our unique product range. AussieOutdoorGear.com.au Quality gear at affordable prices. All right, Nick from Pro Shooter. Good afternoon. Yeah, good on you, uh, Jason. Yeah. Um, happy to uh, be here and have a little chat with you. First off, I guess, tell us about ProShooter, the business. What do you guys do? What products do you, I guess, either bring in, make? Yeah. What we do is we uh, manufacture dry-fired training guns. So uh, our newest product is the Series 2 ProShooter, and that one we actually manufacture in Brisbane. Uh, the Pro Shooter version one, we're still manufacturing in China, um, but we're also going to bring that back. To, we're going to bring the mold for that back to Australia as well. So we'll be manufacturing everything in um, in Brisbane uh, in the next few months. Yeah, how long um, you been running the business for? How long? Uh, four years. Four years I've been working on Pro Shooter, uh, and it's it's you know it's been a very interesting uh, project to work on, uh, and of course you know over that four years you know it's been. Um, evol- you know, it's been evoluting. In, uh, you know, it's been an evolution of, um, of, of 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 technology to get it to where it is now. Yep. Give us a I guess because this, this is audio. You got your booth is right behind mine. So give people a bit of an idea 
like so, so when you're actually purchasing the products, what can people do? Like they're shooting targets. It's, just give them so people can actually know what they're purchasing. Okay, so when you buy a pro shooter, it comes with um, it comes with two targets, and they're reactive targets. So when you hit the bullseye or what what we call a ten, when you hit that ten, the target will actually fall backwards and reset. Um, the target itself is only two and a half millimetres in diameter, so it's not big, but then it's not supposed to be easy. It's supposed to be a challenge because, you know, it, it is a training gun. Yeah. yeah. What distance can you shoot the targets from normally? Well, you know, generally, um, you know, you could shoot those targets from about uh, 25 metres. Um, having said that, um, it's, they're kind of like flashlights, you know, they're kind of a little bit light sensitive. So if you were shooting that rifle, for example, in the night time, you could shoot the targets down 100 metres away. Wow. Right. Very interesting. You, do you go around to all the uh, either expos or hunting expos, shooting expos, that sort of yeah, thing? Yeah, you know, we, 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 uh, we do all the expos uh, that uh, are available to us. We do, of course, we do the Shot Expo. We do, uh, we do Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne and Perth. We've been doing them for four years. We've tried the Deer Hunting Expo a couple of times uh, down in Victoria. And, of course, today we're, uh, we're, we're at this, um, this hunting expo. And, um, you know, uh, next year we've got uh, the Shot Expo in Auckland in uh, February. Oh, yeah, All right. Yeah. And then we've got, uh, we've got the, um, the IWA um, Expo in Germany in March. Wow, all nice. the way over there. Excellent. Great, yeah. So you do a couple of different type of, types of guns over there. Which is the most popular one? That, that you sell at the moment? Well, look, the, the most popular one, I, I, I suppose hard to really say because yeah. the Series 2, we only launched the Series 2 two weeks ago at the right. Brisbane Shot Expo. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, over the last few years, the Series 1 Pro Shooter has been the most popular, which yeah. is it's a, um, it's a, um, it's a 2011 uh, STI. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the version 2 is a uh, Colt 1911. Yeah, awesome, mm. awesome. Now, with the, um, with the AR that you've got over there that um, has the, the camera on it, um, what, what type of apps, like how many different types of apps? Because I know we, we were looking at like a skeet shooting one and then you had a zombie one. Do you have any other ones? that? that Hang on, but for people, just explain oh, that. So, no, it's all right. Yeah. Just say for people, because they're going to be listening to this, yeah. what's the, you had the little AR and what's the, the phone actually goes on top of it? Is that right? Yeah, it's, yeah, good. yeah. It, it, it's, it's called an AR gun. So what it is, is it has a bracket on top of the gun. You put your phone in there and there's, a, there's, there's apps that you can download off the internet. Like they're free apps, they're free downloads. Yep, yep. Um, and we're quite interested in uh, in that AR technology because uh, we're just about to ro- start writing our own apps, and, um, and and we're going to start using that technology with with the pro shooter. And is that going to include the, the camera on the phone as well too? So like you can be no no every, you just use your own phone with the augmented reality that I've seen. Yeah. Um, it takes like the the background from like when you're looking with your camera, and yes, it's just the right. inside of your own house. And then the the, the 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 app's smart enough to pick up when you come to say like window or a door, and then you'll have a, a monster. Oh, or I, jump I out understand of what you mean. So like, yeah, yeah. is it going to be your own, like an, a, an app that takes into the account of the camera on the phone to to play the game? Or is it just going to be well, like an app that runs? You know, the the, 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 on on those AR guns we've got, there there isn't actually one app there. Yeah. That actually you can see the background so as you're saying you could be walking through your house yeah yeah and yes you would be able to see the windows and the doors yeah and, and that app is kind of playing over the top of it yeah that, that um, yeah, right 
You know, kind of like the Pokemon sort of thing that you know how you'd walk around. You never mention Pokemon <laughs> on this show, sir. <laughs> ever. <laughs> well, look, not that I've ever played it. <laughs> our our yeah. our our next app is going to be an IPSC app. Yeah, that's so. Awesome. So that's what we're working on. We're working on designing this IPSC app so that you can put it on top of the Series Two Pro shooter, um, and you'll be able to walk through your home shooting at targets that are coming up on the screen so the, the so pro shooter will not only be a great dry fire training gun but you'll also be able to use ar technology on it to 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 just give it that that little bit of extra you know yeah. make it a bit bit more fun i you wish know? um i wish we had that sort of technology when i was a kid because i used to play with um toy guns heaps when i was a kid you know and it'd be awesome to be able to run around and shoot your mates with your you know, using your phone on the app with an AR, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, who is it geared toward? Anyway, is it geared towards like serious trainers, more fun, I guess? Oh, no, Who's absolutely. It? Like yeah. that, 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 that Series 2 Pro Shooter yeah. is, is better than any other dry fire training gun on the market. I mean, you know, like my competition in America would be CERT, Pro Ammo, and Laser Light. And uh, that uh, Series 2 Pro Shooter in quality is far better than any of them it's the only 1911 on the market because my my other three competition in america they're all doing like glock 19s glock 17 glock 19 how did you come up i guess how did you come up with the concept why did you want to get into this and get into i guess training or simulation whatever you'd like to call it how did you want to get into what one day you wake up and said i'm going to do this or because you design a lot of your own stuff too don't you well, well, the thing is that like my, my family, my family used to own a farm down down around Canberra, just in New South Wales there. So I came from a farm, and we always grew up with guns. We we always had a lot to do with guns, and always loved shooting. Um, and for me, in actual fact, um, it's got nothing to do with caliber. It's just about being able to pick up a pick up a gun and knock a target down with the least amount of shots. So I always had that interest in in firearms anyway. And um, it, it was just a it was just a process over over a few over a matter of years of actually going down that road of dry fire training. Yeah, um, it, it's not like I initially wanted to go that that direction, but it was just a, a direction I went because I could see that it's actually really important to uh, to to learning how to shoot properly. Because realistically, see the the thing about dry fire training that people don't understand is that. There's certain things you learn from dry fire training that you'll never learn from live fire because most people close their eyes when they pull the trigger. And most people say they don't, but they do because the shock waves coming out coming from the gun when you fire naturally makes you close your eyes. Now, now when you close your eyes, you can't see what you're doing. In dry fire, there are no shock waves, so you don't close your eyes. So when you pull the trigger, you can actually go through trigger break and you can actually see what's happening with the muzzle of the gun. If, if you can't learn to pull a trigger, if you can't learn to hold a firearm and pull a trigger without moving the gun, well, there's not much good in, in using sights because, you know, you, you can sight up on a target and as you go through trigger break, pull the trigger, close your eyes when the, when, when the, uh, when the gun fires and, and then pull the gun to the right. Well, you might as well not look through the sights in the first place. That's right, yeah. And, and look, all high-profile competition shooters do a lot of dry-fire training. Because it's a simple it's 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 a simple fact that this stuff you learn from dry fire training you'll never learn from live fire training. 
Yeah, I, I know it's like a probably geared to, more towards uh, like sort of a professional standpoint, but I really love the fact that that, that anyone can use it. You know, we, we had kids over there having a shot of it, and like it gets it gets kidding, and they're kind of like um, almost identical to the, the right weight of uh, a, a normal firearm as well too, which I really liked. And the fact that you, you're not really spending ammo money on ammo as well too, which I think would encourage a lot of people to get into the sport of shooting as well. Even too. your new design, you know, it drops the magazine out. It's a good design. Yeah, I, I, saw that I on, actually quite yeah, enjoy yeah, it. Yeah. You know, every time I looked around the corner, you seem to have a lot of people over there trying yeah. and enjoying it. Oh, I absolutely. Guess that's a, yeah. I guess that's a good selling point too, isn't it? Really, yeah. where people actually get to try and go, well, that's fun. You yeah. Know, and well, see, the, the, the thing is that that there's a lot of people sitting on the fence, like, you know, they. They kind of want to. They kind of like to get into shooting, but they don't know if they really want to go do a Category H license. Yeah, they don't really know. And some of them got a Category H license, but they don't really know if they actually want the responsibility of owning a regular firearm. And you know, so a lot of people will buy a dry fire training um, because they can still get a lot of fun out of shooting a target and being able to knock it down. But they don't have that responsibility of having to look after things. They don't have to do their six shoots a year to keep their, 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 their gun. Um, and, um, and, of course, there's all the other people that, that they're not even interested in having a license. They just want to shoot stuff, you yeah, know. Yeah. I guess it's got that fun element too, hasn't it, really? Yeah, I was, 100%, I was looking yeah. over there, especially with the... Uh, Sean gravitated towards the AR, didn't you? Straight away, yeah. <laughs> it's the first one I picked up. <laughs> well, you know that uh, you, you notice the uh, the the little rifle we have, which is um, which we call clay shooter, which is kind of like a two thirds scale pump action shotgun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I I came up with that because um, because um, I understand that there's a lot of families out there that are shooting, they're doing competitions and everything. They got young kids; they're interested in their young kids getting into uh, shooting sports. But of course, you know you've got to have that junior license. You've got to have that 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 air rifle or twenty two. Got to be you know, twelve years it's old. It's got to be licensed. Yeah. And then you've got to supervise them. Um, but you know, with that little clay shooter, you can learn how to point a gun. You can learn how to how to um, use the sights and uh, hit a target. And you don't need to be supervised. You don't need a license. You can't possibly hurt anyone. Um, and, and that's, I could see that, that opening. Because, you know, when I was a kid, we used to have air rifle wars. Like, we'd all run around shooting at each other. And we'd be, <laughs> like, you know, every once in a while, we'd be digging, digging slugs out from under our scalps, you know, and all this sort of thing. And, I mean, lucky we still we, we're all air, got our eyes, yeah, you know. Yeah. But That's when the air rifles weren't so powerful, were they, compared yeah. to how today, you know? <laughs> well, that's right. i got an yeah. SX Bobcat that's thirty oh, caliber, yeah. and oh, you definitely wow. wouldn't want to get hit no by way. that. Jeez, you, know? you didn't no muck way. around there buying them, one of the most expensive air guns you can buy, probably, isn't it? They're, they're a good air rifle. They are. They're yeah. beautiful. Yeah. You were going to buy, weren't they, the FX Impact? Yeah, really? I got, um, I'm actually selling two firearms to, to, to finance it. <laughs> what are you selling? Uh, I've got a, a Desert Eagle and another air rifle that I'm yeah. selling. Yeah. yeah nice. Yeah. So tell us about the pack. So if someone comes in, they want to buy a pack, what do they get in it? Okay, so they can buy the uh, the Pro shooter, shooter version one, the one we call Sharp Shooter, and uh, in there you get your pistol and you get your two reactive targets, and that's seventy dollars. If you go to my website, it's seventy dollars. Of course, you know you got to pay a little bit of shipping on top of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the uh, the next pack is the uh, the version two Pro Shooter, which has you know the uh, trigger brake, um, it has a fully ejectable mag, it's weighted. Um, and they're $249 plus the uh, two reactor targets. But then, uh, we, you know, at, when we're talking about, like, what packs we actually have, we have a, uh, we have a shot, a shot uh, count recorder, which is a software 
where you use like a small um, video cam and it, um, it's focused on the target. So you can, with this, you can shoot the targets. I mean, these are just bits of paper, right? You just yeah. get a piece of paper and draw a target on it. You stick it in the wall. You set the camera on that target. When you shoot the target on the software, you can see exactly where you hit the target. So it'll give you shot placement and it'll give you the milliseconds between shots. Um, and that w- that'll be out with ProShooter in about a month. So with the obviously it uses the, I guess some laser technology there I saw in the end of it. Is that, is that accurate? Is that accurate? Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. I mean, it's more yep. accurate than a real thing. Really? Yeah, la- okay. lasers, lasers are dead straight. Yeah. Yeah, not yeah. bad. So we also have other targets we're working on at the moment, which are, um, they're, 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 they're going to be Bluetooth. So uh, these are, these are going to be set up for IPSC, and uh, what they're going to do is um, you, you, you're going to get two targets in the pack, and you can add as many targets to the pack as you like. Now, they all talk to each other. So what's going to happen is um, they, they, they're going to have a big digital screen on the front of them. So when you hit, when you hit a 10, the target will fall backwards and reset itself. When you hit a 9, it'll say 9, 8, down to about 6. The other thing about them is they're going to they're, they're, they're light up green. So when they light up green, you'll be able to adjust this because there'll be an app back, yeah. to your, back to your phone. So you'll be, able to, you'll be able to adjust how long the targets come up, the window, the window that you have to shoot them. So when it lights up green, you'll shoot it. When it lights up red, well, that's obviously a hostage situation. You don't want, it, you don't want to shoot that target when it lights up red. When, you, when it lights up a, red, it'll actually shut the whole system down. You have yeah. to start again. There's a big, I reckon there's a big market for that, but I don't know in regards to... You know, the law and our organisations get, you know, a bit upset about, especially if it's, you know, humanoid targets or something yeah. or training like that. They get a bit, you know, a bit antsy about it, don't they? Yeah, yeah. You know, so. But anyway, um, Nick, tell us, mate, I guess the your website, tell us about if they want to get in contact with you, they want to go on your website, where do they go? How do they go about it? Yeah, well, look, um, anyone that would uh, like to go to the website and have a look at what we have, um, it's just uh, www.pro-shooter.com. Dot com. So it's very important to get that dash in there, pro-shooter.com. And they can check out all the products there. Check all the products out mm-hmm. there, and they can also, from there, they also go to our Facebook page. Yeah, what's that, at My Pro Shooter? That's right, My yeah. Pro Shooter. Fantastic. Mm. Uh, same with like, our, our Instagram is the same, My Pro Shooter. Yeah, no, it was good. Mm. I just was sitting behind you a couple of times, and I've stuck my head around a bunch of times and mm. seen people enjoying themselves. It does seem quite interesting, actually. Yeah, well, look, we, we, uh, we run quite a few competitions there. We, uh, we ran a competition whilst we were doing the Shot Expo, and we gave away a uh, $249 Series 2 Pro Shooter on the, I think it was the 20th of um, of last month. It was just yeah. after the, the Shot Expo. And I mean, if people go into My Pro Shooter, they can even see who the winner was. And that was a guy living down uh, in Murrum Bateman, I think it was, just out, oh, okay, of, uh, right. just out of Canberra. And uh, what we do is uh, people go on to My uh, Pro Shooter, they like and share the page, and we have one of those software, those fancy software programs that just plucks a name out. And uh, we, we run a competition about every two months. Software plucks out a name, and then we put that name up on the website, and we say, you know, uh, Peter Smith, you, you're the winner of the uh, Pro Shooter competition, and you have 24 hours to contact us. Oh, wow. So uh, you don't get a real lot of people ringing up Peter Smith to tell him that he won the competition no. <laughs> because everybody knows that if he doesn't, call, if he doesn't contact us in 24 hours, then we pull out another name, and we keep going until yeah, we right. actually pull a name and somebody contacts us. 
All right. Well, thanks for telling us about ProShooter uh, products. It was actually quite enjoyable seeing it this morning when you showed us before uh, opening time. And uh, I was I, I saw it there. I wasn't sure what was there because it was covered up with a tarpaulin. So yeah. I just weren't sure. So it's good. I actually enjoyed it. I, was, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I heard the, uh, the, the, the dings of the uh, virtual bullets hitting the, um, yeah. the, the target. That's and that's right. what got my attention. I stuck my head around there. I go, oh, my God, I can't believe that's there. Yeah. Yeah. Well. All right, Nick, thanks for your time. I really appreciate it. All right, thanks, thanks, guys. Appreciate the talk. See you then. Bye. Are you looking to buy a new or used firearm? Do you want to sell that safe queen to fund your next purchase? Then go to OzGunSales.com. We have over 200 registered firearms dealers Australia-wide and thousands of shooters using the site daily. There are over 2,500 firearms listed, so you're certain to find exactly what you're looking for. We have over 50 years of firearms industry experience, including eight years online. So why wouldn't you advertise with us? The one and only genuine original Ozguns. All right, we're here. We've got uh, Justin. How you going, mate? Yeah, I'm good. Excellent, man. Uh, well, I guess what brought you to the iHunt Expo today? Uh, actually, a friend of mine from uni told me about it. So um, I thought I'd come along, but he couldn't make it today because no. he got work. Yeah, yeah, what, you came on your own? Yeah, I came on my own, yeah. Uh, are you planning on buying anything today or just more looking around? Or uh, I was planning to get some ammo, but I don't have like a, a team with me because I'm using public transport. Yep. Uh, yeah, so, that can be difficult, so yeah. Can't carry it Which around. sucks, doesn't it? Sometimes you get some in these days, eh? Hey? You can't yeah. even, you know, you've got to come in a car to buy ammunition. Yeah. It's just, you've got to lock everything up. This is, hey, Australian gun laws, folks, Australian gun laws. Yeah. Mate, how far did you travel to get here today? Uh, I was, I, I'm from, I'm walking distance to here. Are you? Yeah. I, did you walk here? No, I took the train. <laughs> How long have you been shooting for? Probably. Well, the first time I, I tried shooting was when I was when I turned eighteen. Yeah. Was that when I met you at St Mary's? No, that was, that was when that was when I was doing my uh, safety course. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and what got you uh, interested in shooting? I don't know. Like ever since I was a kid, I was always into like guns and stuff. Yeah, and yeah. like when I grew older, like I like like I kind of understood how the laws worked and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you realise that you can actually own firearms yeah, in Australia yeah. despite the propaganda. <laughs> just so people know, how old are you, Justin? I'm. Uh, I just turned twenty-one recently. Yeah. 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 Was your Was your family into hunting? No. 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 My My family is very anti-gun. Yeah. It took me a while for um. For me to convince my parents to like install like a safe into the house and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So so being uh, twenty one, mm. you you weren't alive in nineteen ninety six, no. were you? Oh, I was born in ninety six. You're born. Yeah. yeah. Do you feel personally responsible for nineteen ninety six? No, no, no. That's no, right. No. This is exactly what I was talking about about the younger guys that are coming through. You know, do you want to own an AR fifteen? Yeah, I do. I, yeah. De- I definitely want to. That's yeah. great. <laughs> That's the spirit we want. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind one actually. I wouldn't mind one at all. <laughs> do you like to go hunting, or do you like? To... I haven't been hunting yet. Like no, uh, that's, that's this is the I Hunt Expo, Justin. It's the I Hunt Expo. Once it goes soon, but yeah. like I, we were meant uh, to go a couple of months ago, but uni got in the way. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, so you gave him an offer to go hunting. Yeah. yeah, right. yeah okay. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Um, going back to your parents. Mm. When you first obviously said, I oh, said, I want to get into you know, hunting or shooting, yeah. what was their reaction? Not really. And do you still live with your parents? Yeah, I still live with my parents. They, they, they hate guns. Like, oh, because like they're refugees from Vietnam. So like my dad was like a yeah. um, North, North Vietnamese army uh, conscript. So like each, each family had to bring, a, bring in one of their sons in or else the family wouldn't get rations. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah, they right. were very anti, anti-war, anti-war. Um, 
gun. Yeah. So how did you eventually talk them around? I mean, did you did you have you bought any guns? They allowed you to store guns. Yeah, at home? I, I have two guns at home. Um, <laughs> um, Easier to get uh, permission, uh, forgiveness than permission. <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Just rock up with it and then uh, just deal with it. Uh, I, I had to convince them like beforehand, like oh, yeah. I was saying, oh yeah, was I? Well, one, I'm planning to become a uh, police officer one day in order to become a forensics officer. Yeah, yeah. So my excuse was. My excuse was, uh, oh yeah, just just to get the, the hang training. of firearms. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's so, good. More yeah. police should have their own yeah. their, their category H firearm because mm. they don't get, in my opinion, enough training during the year. Mm. Apparently, they only have it's to two shoots a year. Two shoots a year. Yeah, well, there you according go. to my professor, yeah, like, well, yeah. we got to do part. six a year. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I know how ridiculous is it. I mean, all yeah. these shoots. I mean, I've, I've, as far as I'm aware, Queensland don't have. Uh, except for pistols, I think don't even have yeah. uh, mandatory shoots for category A and B. The more that um, that I talk to people, the uh, the mandatory shoots seem to be a bit of a grey area. Mm. Uh, it, it really depends on whether or not your club is going to report the the shoots. From what I've from what I've been finding out recently, mm. yeah. So what do you do, mate? When you what rifles? Not specifically what you have, but what do you do when you go out with them? Do you do target shooting? Just, just target shooting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, nothing much. What's yeah. your favourite gun that you own? Oh, I wouldn't say. They're my favourites, but like uh, I currently own a, a Mosinet gun and a um, Ruger American Rimfire in twenty-two. Yeah, yeah nice. Rimfire, yeah. Yep. Yeah. What about your parents? You reckon you could ever try and get them into it? No, they're not interested at all. Uh, my dad's sort of interested. Like um, the other day, he told me, "It's like, oh, son, if you could, uh, if you could go out into the bush and uh, get me some dog meat." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Organic, wow. free range, you know, for free. That's good. <laughs> what dog meat? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. He says he misses the taste of it. Is that? Is that? Speaking of that, is that? Is that big in your culture? Oh, uh, well, it de- de- depends where where you go in Asia, because like where my parents lived, they were poor and stuff. So like wherever animals they could find, they'd eat it. Wow, that's yeah, amazing. Yeah. That's, that blows my mind. That's yeah, communism for you. Yeah, yeah it just blows know? my mind that tell. Yeah. But I mean, that's I guess different countries, different people. I mean, we probably see that as a bit different. But I mean, wild dog. I mean, I was watching one of these uh, shows probably. Oh, I think it was on one of the cooking channels, Channel Thirty Three, and yeah. they were eating. I don't know Steve Rinella it was actually. And they were trying coyote as well, which is basically yeah, a form right. of a dog, really, isn't yeah, it? Like yeah, a large yeah. dog, and he found it. Quite, I think he, I think he enjoyed it, but he he, yeah. he struggled to get his mind around it that he was eating a coyote. Yeah, yeah. Because he thought, it, I think it was probably the initial shock. Mm. I saw a thing on YouTube one time where um where a guy was going, you know, we eat beef, we eat pork, we eat chicken, and he goes, that's basically like um limiting yourself to three different types of vegetables. And he he, he uh, it was the um I can't remember the guy's name, but he does a, an air rifle shooting show on um on YouTube, mm. and he he eats woodchucks and all sorts of stuff, you know, birds, and yeah. he goes, I love eating all different types of meat, you know, I don't like limiting myself to only like three types of meat. Mm. Yeah. What what do you if if you eventually do go hunting what do you want to go out and hunt? Probably pigs, but I probably wouldn't eat them because <laughs> uh, like just shoot a, them. There's a brucella spread at the moment, isn't there? Like a outbreak. There was a warning put out a couple yeah. of months ago. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. What what else do you want to hunt in particular? Anything else or pigs? Anything else? Yeah, they're just like just like your general pests. Yeah, yeah like pigs, rabbits, foxes, dogs, cats. Just getting out there in the in the in the environment, I mm. think, is, is a big plus. Even if you don't get anything, just getting out there and getting away from home and off the couch is a big thing too. You know. Yeah. yeah. We mm. saw you at the double S double A Sydney branch AGM. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Did you? Now, yeah, we did yeah, actually. Yeah. yeah. I, I wasn't there. I was oh, that's that right. Sorry, yeah, Sean. Yeah. Sean sitting right next to me. Just so everyone yeah. knows, Sean sitting right next to me was. Uh, Elected to the committee without even being there. Woo. How awesome is that? Freedom <laughs> and liberty. He, yep, he got someone to read out his, what would you call it? Um, um, I don't know, just 
what, what I stood for. Yeah, and what he stood for. Yeah. His, uh, and actually, people it resonated with people, didn't it? And they, yeah, yeah. And uh, subsequently, he got uh, voted in, yeah. So, so uh, but getting back to our organisations, do you think, not, not double S, double A in particular, but do you think our organisations are doing enough for our shooting sports or they're, or they're doing too little or they're doing, they're doing enough or? Oh, they're doing the best they can at the moment. Like, like right now, our, our current mainstream culture is very anti-gun. 100%. It's very hard to, like, convince people that, like, yeah. guns aren't this boogeyman that everyone puts it out to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. What no, about the um, Firearm Owners United ad? It could have under Her- Herald. Did you see that? Did you see it? Dead oh, road. yeah. I saw, I saw the yeah. ad on the... Yeah, on How the, good's that? The, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I made a few videos just recently about the Nationals as well, and I thought that, well, the, the Nationals are definitely not our friends. We know in New South Wales what they voted against, the 50 amendments. Uh, just in Queensland, just a couple of days ago, probably mm. a couple of weeks ago, I should say, uh, uh, they voted against... Uh, the government or the LMP and Labor for primary producers to have handguns on their own private land to hunt stock. And then yet they're telling us they, they support gun owners. I mean, how ridiculous is this? Mm. They don't. Obviously, they don't. I mean, you know, I think One Nation <clears throat> is going to take big numbers in Queensland at the next election. Yeah. Their firearms um, policy is improving as well, too. Yeah, I mean, it's not the best. And people always say to me, well, who do you vote for up there? And I was like, well, vote for your pro-gun parties. But uh, One Nation's probably not where we want to be at the moment, mm. I would say. But... I mean, they're the ones that are going to get big numbers in Queensland, so we, did, we need to push them hard. I did like the speech that, sh- that um, Pauline Hanson done in uh, 1997, where she said, disarming the population, that I saw it on YouTube one time, and, and that really resonated with me, you know, mm. taking, disarming the people and taking the semi-autos off them for what, what cause, you know mm. what I mean? They're not yeah. any more dangerous to, than any other firearm in somebody's, um, mm. somebody's uh, gun cabinet. Mate, what about pro-gun parties? Do you vote for a major party? Do you yeah, vote for a I actually, I volunteer for the Liberal Democrats. I got Woo-hoo. wearing this shirt. Oh, wow, you got their shirt on, yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know. There you go. He's got his Everlast shirt on. He's hiding the LDP uh, shirt under his under his, in, under his hoodie. Incognito. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Okay, what do you what do you like about them? Oh, just their like pro-gun policy mainly, and yeah. their um, and their liberal policy towards uh, drugs. Like, yeah. like uh, drug, um, just being responsible for yourself, yeah, basically. Yeah, you know what I mean? If you're not like, hurting anyone else, like, yeah, the yeah. state shouldn't be responsible for your safety. You're, you're responsible yeah, yeah, exactly. for your own. Yeah. Is there anything they can do better? Oh, look, they they only have one member in, in the Senate right now. They yeah. can't really do much. And yeah. gun laws are controlled at a state level as yeah. well, too. So yeah, but, to I know, but everyone says that, right? Yeah. But this is my concern. They say it's done at a state level. And I say true, yeah. but I also say not true as well. Because as soon as they wanted to ban the Adler, bringing the Adler in, boom, they flipped overnight. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? So they, mm. they It's a rigged game, but, you know, like you they, know? They, 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 make a, they make the rules up as they go for themselves, you know. Like um, I was just talking, um, that I, I knew some guys that were shooting in uh, ACT. With uh, suppressors, and, and they, they, they didn't get in trouble, obviously, because they were working for a government organisation, and then they mm. just changed the law. They, mm. You know, like, not that those guys should have been in trouble anyway, mm. but, I mean, apparently in the ACT, it was illegal to use a, a suppressor at the time. So, if it was me or you using one down there, I can tell you now, we wouldn't just have the law changed like that for us, you know, no. and... Would you buy a suppressor if you could have one? Yes, definitely. Yeah. I know. Why aren't we like New Zealand? Mm. New Zealand have suppressors. <laughs> More than appropriate. Why not? Yeah. Works yeah. every time. Great for ranges. They talk about range noise. Yeah, exactly. Why well, not like introduce suppressors? Yeah, mm. yeah. And yeah. like they, they, they don't they don't actually like it's not like the movies. It's not you're not going to be turned into James Bond by using one. It only reduces them by about twenty six, twenty eight decibels, which is the difference between having instant hearing damage and prolonged exposure to the hearing damage you know mm. you can shoot without your hearing protection on which is great mm. I think it's, it's, it's a more safer um, uh, environment mate have you got are you any your you're saying your friend from was it university no are you, yeah have you got any are they into, are they own guns are yeah, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he hunts um, 
mainly pigs, but he, just, he doesn't eat them. He just shoots yeah. them for fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah right. Well, there you go. <laughs> hey, hey, it's each, everyone to their own. Some That's people it, do yeah. it for a feral control. Some people do it, you know, for different reasons. You're doing you God's know. work. Mm. Yeah. You know, some, <laughs> have, you, have you been able to get any other friends into hunting activities or shooting? Oh, they, they think I'm kind of weird, to be honest. Really? Yeah, they're they're yeah. the weird ones. Yeah. You're, you're, you're the counterculture now. <laughs> now, what, what was your background? You said Viet. Yeah, I'm... I'm part Viet, part Chinese. Yeah, okay. yeah cool. What's it, what's it like? And you know, you're obviously from where your parents come, but what about amongst your friends? Do they is that is this something that's common to them? Not no, not at all. No, no. Like gun culture is like non-existent in, really? in Asia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what do they normally say about like what do your friends think it's weird do you, that you're into firearms and that? Yeah, they'll they'll make like mass shooting jokes. Uh, that's me. that's yeah. one thing that always gets me. You know what I mean? Like when I started telling people at work that you know I have a few guns, the first thing out of their mouth was like oh, don't come and shoot me. And I'm like, just relax. You're not that important to me, okay? You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's so what, what are your friends? They make jokes. Yeah. Is there anything else they do or not really? Uh, I'll try to, like, I think, I think I've think i sort of convinced one of them. Like, he, he saw, he saw yeah. once to get into it, but he doesn't have the money for it at the moment. Yeah, right. yeah but getting that, fire, that, that spirit of fire and mm. liberty burning in his heart, man, that's where it's going to, that's where, you know, winning one person over at a time. You talk to one or two people yeah. and convert them. They talk to three or four people and they convert them. Yeah. Gun, gun ownership's growing in Australia. Yeah, We're going like, to win in the end. It's over two million at the moment. Yeah, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, just to change it up a little bit, what do you think about the appearance laws in New South Wales? The Desert Tactical Arms was banned. The OFA was banned recently. Yeah, it's it's stupid. Like, Too it subjective. Makes, it makes no sense oh, at all. Yeah, like, I reckon. Australia's Australian just terrible, isn't it, in regards to... Oh, sorry, New, New South Wales, I should say, yeah, in regards yeah. to their appearance laws. I mean, you know, Queensland seems to be having it a bit better than us at the moment. They get yeah. a really good precision. Yeah, I don't even WFA1. WFA1. Yeah. What else is banned? Uh, a Rossi circuit judge. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the revolver rifles. Revolving yeah. ones. God, so. I remember back in 2010 when they were all up in Halsey Park, gun store, and then all of a sudden they just disappeared. And I'm, I'm, I wasn't really into polit- politics and stuff back then and gun laws that much. And then I'm like, where did those rifles go? You know, it's like the yeah. dinosaurs, like the meteor come down and just extinct them all. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, all right, Justin, thanks, mate, for joining us. We appreciated uh, yeah. sharing your experiences on why you came today and, yep. you know, wanting to get into more hunting and I guess your background too, being from a different culture. It's mm. very interesting to find out. Thanks, yeah. mate. Yeah, no worries. Thank you. You've been listening to an episode of the Australian Hunting Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. See you next time.